We're just about to get to a brand new re-ranking episode, but before we do that, we wanted to say thank you. We've got a listener call-in about an old episode. Um, One of our listeners was journeying through these albums with us and got to our review of Patti Smith's Horses and wanted to call in to update uh, one little bit of that episode that we had talked about. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, Please remember that anyone is free to do this, to send us a voicemail. You can do that on our anchor page or by sending us an email and uh, leaving us a message. Listener call in. Hello, this is uh, Don Falk from uh, Denmark. I've uh, just been listening to the the episode uh, uh, about Patti Smith's uh, Horses album. And you talk a lot about you too in that podcast. And uh, you talk about that you're sure that you've heard them sing Gloria the way she does it, uh, or from the Van Morrison uh, song. And uh, you have, if you've seen the Redland Hum movie, because uh, Bono used to incorporate the Gloria chorus uh, from Van Morrison or from Patti Smith uh, into the song Exit from uh, Joshua, the Joshua Tree, but only uh, on the live versions. So if you find live versions of, of Exit uh, from the 87-88 tour, uh, you'll very likely hear him sing Gloria. No credentials. Stone Greatest album. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to the Sound Logic Podcast. We've reached another milestone. Uh, we've finished another 10 episodes, and so we get to do our very favorite thing on this podcasting journey besides chatting with each other, and that is re ranking the last 10 episodes. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> Got it backwards. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Another 10 episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, and I think we've already mentioned this about 100 times, but this is a special milestone because if you've been with, with us for this journey since the beginning, we started in 2019 with the already seven-year-old 2012 Rolling Stone list and just thought yeah. it would be fun fun to do without thinking about Rolling Stone's plans because they hadn't published any plans. And then a year and a half in, at 60 albums published, in fact, we did our re-ranking as well and hadn't quite gotten to publishing 61, Rolling Stone decided to release a new list in 2020, which put us in an awkward situation, but we decided to start over. It didn't make sense to continue (laughs) on the 2012 list with a new list in hand, and it was a pretty exciting list anyway. So we started over, and now we're back to the point uh, (laughs) where we had gotten to on the first list. We're at 60 again. So it's it feels exciting. It feels like now we now we're back on track. (laughs) Right, right. With a few uh, re-reviews along the way, we've Mm re-released episodes um, but we also got to listen to two or three albums, I think, that that weren't even on the 2012 list. Um, just skimming back through our list here, I guess two. Uh, to Pimp a Butterfly hadn't even been created when the 2012 oh, yeah. list came out, and uh, and Lemonade, uh, Lemonade, same deal goes yeah. for it. 
So those two yeah. were, were brand new to the 2020 list and, um, and we wouldn't have been able to, to listen to them had we uh, stuck with that 2012 list uh, along That's the right. way. I'm curious yep. how many of the albums that we had reviewed on that 2012 list um, we we never got to here on the uh, the 2020 list. Um, wouldn't be that hard to count here, I guess. There's a handful. I want to say closer to 20, maybe. Yeah, good good guess. 28 albums that we uh, already reviewed that we did not get to here in these uh, in these 60. Wow. Um, yeah. That also includes uh, uh, Phil Spector's um, <laughs> massive, massive retrospective compilation album, which we have already published and released. Even though it comes in at number 489, it was an album that we were going to be releasing soon. It was coming up in the 60s, and we'd already recorded it when the new list came out. So um, that one came out, but uh, uh, yeah, we've got a bunch that that uh, we recorded and uh, have have reviews published for that that we have not yet tackled a few that actually have fallen off this list um, yeah but right. uh um yeah be and i guess we're as time goes uncharted on, waters now yeah that's right and i guess as time goes on as we get to some of those that dropped significantly and there's more time lapse between when we did our initial review and when we release, when it comes to the point on this list, we might even decide to re-record those ones because it's been, yeah. you know, two, three, so four, long. five years down yeah. the road. It might not, it might not even our our view might not even be relevant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it may not have even been when we first recorded it. <laughs> Touche. Uh, well, on that note, <laughs> would would you like to get started? Yeah. Why don't we dive right in? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Uh, so if you're not familiar, if you haven't done this with us before, we'll take the last 10. We'll start at number 10 or number 60. We'll tell you uh, what the Rolling Stone ranking was, and then we'll do our rankings. So number 60 uh, in this group of 10 on Rolling Stone was Astral Weeks by Van Morrison. Uh <laughs> Why don't you start us off, Ben? It looks like we have the same nine and ten albums, but we've just flipped our choices. So, yeah, uh, what have you got there at number sixty? This is where I put uh, '90s classic "Exile in Guyville," um, an interesting album, one that I'm happy that we took a look at. Uh, it felt nostalgic, even though it was something I'd never heard before. Um, but as I looked through this list of 10, uh, that was the one I was the least interested in revisiting. Um, and I'm not really sure that I can really put my finger on why that is. Uh, perhaps it's just a, a genre that's not really compelling to me at the moment and uh, something that feels a little bit more like another era of my life than something I'm really gravitating to these days. <laughs> I think those are good uh, reasons not to revisit something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, not that we should avoid things I'll, that uh, uh, we don't gravitate to, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's, I'll stick with that. Well, <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah. I, you know what? I'll, I'll comment on that album now too, because that's what I put at the, the nine spot. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I felt very similarly. 
it was it was nostalgic. I was like, boy, this is very familiar. But it wasn't uh, something that I felt that you know really surprised me or that it was unique enough that I want to revisit. Also, I don't think that although it was uh, nostalgic and familiar, I don't think even at the time, like when it came out, I wasn't familiar with it or, or I didn't yeah. know about it. And even later on in the '90s, it wasn't a, an artist or a group. And I don't think I would have really been into it had I been introduced to it at the time. So, yeah, this is not for me. Um, my number 10 spot was uh, the compilation album of Chuck Berry's music, The Great 28. I mean, we've talked about our disdain for compilation albums. This is <laughs> This feels like the kind of compilation album that both you and I don't prefer yeah uh, something yeah. that the i mean usually the artist has nothing to do with it sometimes they do this feels like they didn't there's a few songs that are great but again it's uh, it's not it's not music that's really for me it's not something it's it's 28 tracks and a lot of them are similar because that was his style and it was very exciting and uh innovative and new and fresh and uh, just groundbreaking at the time, but it's not what I need to listen to now. So I, right. I don't know. I guess I could interchange those last two albums because they're like you. That it's just I don't need to revisit them. Yeah, and I, I don't mind changing mine if we want to make it a little smoother um, here. We could just have the same final two because I no 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 no, <laughs> no, no, no I have no. that uh, no. uh, that same problem that you did, and my uh, number nine choice is what you had no- at number ten. Um, yeah. And I will echo a lot of what you said there. Uh, compilation album, a somewhat dated sound. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I have much more to add. I think what you said there is is um, a good point. Did we say what uh, the Rolling Stone uh, list has at, at number fifty nine? I didn't. Rolling Stone had a Talking Book by Stevie Wonder. Okay. Um. Which would move us into number 58, which was Led Zeppelin's self-titled fourth album, Zeppelin 4. And again, <laughs> the next three albums, you and I have just flip-flopped the same. Uh-huh. Uh, but this is this is where I've got uh, Station to Station by David Bowie. Uh, Station to Station. It was interesting. It was a, a little weird at times, which is not surprising coming from Bowie. I didn't feel it had the same kind of hooks and hits as an album like Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. Uh, I found it compelling. I found it interesting. It's certainly not, other than Golden Years, is not really a radio album. It's right. a little harder to digest. Uh, but I guess, and it was what, six tracks or something like that? Five? It was yeah. uh, pretty short. Yeah, not, not many tracks, a few of them very long. So it felt more like a more like an art piece than like an album I really want to listen to which yeah. which is not negative uh, because I think he was and we also talked in that about how he was going through a pretty rough yep. period and was not healthy um, I don't think that's necessarily reflected in the music uh, but yeah just not one I need to oh, it's, it's not uh, I like David Bowie's music a lot and mm-hmm. I like a lot of his albums but this isn't I think one of my favorites. Um, yeah. But I do like David Bowie a lot. Uh, but there's also, in terms of these 10, there's also some 
some of my favorite albums, which we'll get to. So that also yep. <laughs> influences where this goes. Um, what have you got here at the, the eighth spot? This is where I stuck the um, massive uh, James Brown compilation, uh, Star Time. Um, I love it for its uh, <laughs> thoroughness. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> all-encompassing Complete. kind of nature of it, um, but it's just too much, and it's a compilation. Um, I, I'm not necessarily a fan of James Brown, but I I enjoy listening to his music. Um, but I think compared to the ones above it, uh, it belongs here for me. Yep. Yeah, I can. Uh, I'm almost hearing you talk about that. Wondering if I shouldn't put it a little lower myself. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're just going we'll to sit here and convince each other to adopt the same yeah. list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, number 57 had a self-titled album, another self-titled album by the band, uh, referred to as the Brown Album, their second studio album. Um, we had the same album here. Ben, why don't yeah. you go first? This is where we both chose to put uh, Astral Weeks. I don't know if... This was because of um, our conversation reminding us of Van Morrison's strange uh, COVID conspiracy theory personality mm. that he's arrived at. Uh, I, <laughs> I kind of like this artsy, jazz-inspired yeah. album, but um, I don't know. Something, something has gone away um, uh, over time with this one, and, uh, and so it wound up here for me. Uh, pretty pretty easily actually i didn't think too much about slotting <laughs> it in here yeah how about you there's something um it's not my favorite that we've listened to it's uh-huh. maybe not even some of my favorite van morrison stuff yeah and certainly compared to some of the other albums in this grouping of 10 uh but there's something very compelling about it it's it's a very unique album yep uh I, uh, was it was made uh, very uniquely, kind of eccentric kind of way he made it, uh, and there are definitely some some really brilliant moments in it. Uh, as a whole, I found it it sometimes gets a little draggy, um, but uh, it definitely is. It's one I don't think I've listened to a whole lot since we've talked about it different times, but it is one that if someone said they were going to put it on, I go, oh yeah, I like that. That's nice. We'll listen yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well said. Um, moving on to number 56 was Exile in Guyville, which we've both talked about by Liz Fair. Uh, this is where <laughs> we we both revisit <laughs> our number eight uh, choices, but reverted. So um, this is where I put Star Time. Yeah. The James, massive James Brown compilation. Um Okay, here's something I struggled with here. When we're talking, in this context, we're talking about not just a compilation album, but an anthology album. Yeah. Like almost, it's. I know it's not every song he did, but it's pretty much covers his whole career. Um, I feel like I'm not comparing this album with other albums in this 10. I'm comparing James Brown as as, as a musician and his whole career. And that's just not apples to apples to me. It's just, it's kind of weird. So I found it even hard to try and put this anywhere. I, I really like, like you, I love James Brown's music and have really grown to love it even more 
learning uh, through this process, listening to the couple albums we've listened to already, and also uh, learning from uh, still just, I think, so fondly about our conversation with Joe Bowie uh, about um, the Live at the Apollo album. And we yeah. l- I learned so much from him. And every time James Brown comes up, I feel like I have to mention um, speaking to Joe Bowie because it was such a, a wonderful an enriching experience. He was so gracious to walking us through his career in music and also James Brown and how he's influenced him and, and teaching us about James Brown and about the time. So I feel just that much, a little bit closer to understanding him as an artist and the music. So I really, really like this music, but it's, it's just a staggering amount of like, you can't listen to this as an album. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings back our, our argument that we've had many times. Um, why are these albums on this list like that? It doesn't, I can't see someone going, that was such an important album to me. Like, it's like, well, I wanted something without all of his stuff on it. Was this another one that came out in the nineties? I think it was right. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we've talked, we talked about this, you know, all of a sudden, you you know you can get all the music of one of your favorite artists that you had on vinyl all of it on a few discs which is very novel and people who bought vinyl in the 50s and 60s and 70s um now are older and have more money and can buy yeah. you know a a 60 box set right so right right about the time very... when they were reminded that cds were better than vinyl and they yeah. need to replace everything in their collection um, exactly yeah. right so that it, it made sense especially for music of that era yeah. for the people who are now you know in their 50s and 60s and well established financially so anyways all that um so i'm not sure why i put it quite this high actually but but i there there was like i remember going through it and there was a ton of stuff i really really enjoyed and his music is so electric like it's just something exciting about it to me but um yeah it's it's almost it i almost didn't know what to do with it here at all mm-hmm. because it's just not again it's not apples to apples even comparing it to uh even comparing it to the great 28 which is still a lot i mean those are very short songs still a lot for a single release um this is ridiculous yeah. in its amount of music um yeah. so anyways i feel like i went a little long there uh, <laughs> uh but you had uh now it's where you had my number eight pick is your right. number six pick. Uh, what have you got there? Yeah, I I like what you said about station to station that it is kind of a bit more eccentric and shorter, and he's struggling with a decent amount of stuff there. Um, I think I want to like this album more, hmm. uh, but the things that you named are are all barriers to that. I I want to. I think it feels cool to like Bowie and <laughs> I want to figure out how to like him more. And so maybe uh, that nudges this up a little higher. Um, okay. Uh, I didn't like this as much as Ziggy Stardust, but um, I definitely enjoyed it or appreciated it more than the albums that I've listed already. Astral Weeks, I, you know, those two maybe could be flip flopped either way, but, um, and actually the next one on this, this list too the, these three albums here, this block, I, I feel like I could have probably put them in any order and, and I would have yeah. felt content there, but that's where Station to Station wound up. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. Um, number 55 was 
Pink Floyd's absolutely iconic and legendary album, Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> uh, we'll get Mis- misplaced. <laughs> I'll, well, I'll comment on that more later. Um, <laughs> and then um, we both, again, for the, I think this is the second of third time we will agree <laughs> on like our an old married couple we just keep oh, getting yeah. more and more similar as this project yep. goes on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you tell us what did uh what did you put what did we both put yeah. for this one this is where we got uh jimmy uh in electric ladyland um jimmy hendrix experience um the, you know, somewhat similar to Station to Station, I don't like this as much as Are You Experienced? Um, it is a bit more experimental. It is a bit more yes. outside the box. And yes. uh, I have mixed feelings about it. But it's also great and really interesting yeah. and fascinating. And especially the, you know, the little bit of research we did about the technology that went into it. Some of the ways that they were playing with stereo mix and stereo sound. There's a lot here that I feel like I need to go back and, and dig a little deeper into. Um, but I felt like middle of a pack here was an appropriate spot for it, uh, given all of that. Yeah, I, I feel very similarly. Um, although when I listened to Electric Ladyland for our initial review of it, I found myself going, huh. This, this is a little weirder than I expected it to be. It's more experimental. Yeah. Yep. Yet the songs that I knew, some of the radio hits and other ones I was familiar with, are just so good and so familiar. The, I think the familiarity of it is why I rank this higher than maybe mm. I, I actually enjoy it because it's, it's yeah. like other albums we've listened to. You know, the, the good songs are so good that it overshadows yep. anything that, you know, maybe I don't prefer as much. So, yeah, I think Middle of the Road is... Um, you know, in in reference to these ten, yeah, it's just just makes sense for me. Yep. Um, number fifty four is where Rolling Stone put the James Brown compilation "Star Time." Yep. Um, this is where I put Stevie Wonder's "Talking Book." Now, I know Stevie Wonder has has become one of your favorite artists, so. I was afraid of putting it any lower <laughs> than this. However, um, it, it was very good. I really uh-huh. enjoyed it. Um, I really like Stevie Wonder. Um, boy, he's just such a brilliant artist, such a great yeah. songwriter. Um, if it wasn't for the next three albums that I love so much, that I have experience with and are familiar to me, um, I could see this one being higher, but but talking book, yeah, yeah such a delight uh, to listen to, such a uh, for the most part a happy album. I'm so glad I listened to Talking Book, and it was uh, not my not my favorite Stevie Wonder album, um, but still really 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 good. Yeah, what yeah. have you got at, uh, at Dark Side? Or sorry, what do you got at number number four? <laughs> So yeah, it's funny that you uh, you mentioned some shame of of putting Talking Book where you did because I felt <laughs> the same way with putting Dark Side of the Moon right here, um, and very similar to your comment about Talking Book. I think the only reason it's here is because of the three albums that I have above it. Uh, I really like Dark Side, and it's it's grown on me over time. Uh, I, and I think I mentioned this on our our re ranking, but. Um, 
there's something really special about putting on an album that you know really good friends of yours absolutely love. Like I, mm-hmm. I think about you and Steve every time I press play on yeah. that album. And, uh, <laughs> and that obviously is going to make me feel better about it. Um, it's. Do you have it? Do you have it on vinyl yet? I don't have it on vinyl. No. And. Okay. Uh, I'll get you a copy. I'll get you a copy. It would be in this. It would be a sentimental reason to own. I'm not sure that I. <laughs> I would go out of my way to get it, but. Um, so uh, good on vinyl, Ben. Okay. Oh in yeah. stereo. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, there. There's lots of reasons to to have it um, higher. It was sort of funny putting it in this slot because I almost felt like I was agreeing with Rolling Stone. Um, you know, with it being so close to that number 55, but obviously we're just re-ranking these 10 and not all 60. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it would be much higher than number 54 if I was uh, if I was doing that here. But um, that's where I have it for now. And just to just to comment on your on your reaction there in our review, I think you articulated very well why you struggled with it and why you understand why it's not everyone's favorite. Right. Um, and, and and when we first started talking about it, and you said you didn't prefer it. I was kind of appalled and like. <laughs> And then when you when you described it, okay, well, yeah, I hadn't really thought of it that way. And and I guess I'm not even sure why. Um, Is it just because I grew up with it, or just because Steve and I kind of had a kinship with it, uh, and kind of loved it at the same time and got into it at the same time that I just love it? But um, anyway, so I'll I'll make a few more comments when I get to to my ranking. (laughs) All right. Yeah. um, at number 53 is where Rolling Stone had Jimi Hendrix experiences Electric Ladyland. Uh, again, we've agreed for the third time <laughs> on this one. Why don't you go? Why don't you go first? Yeah, here's where we have the uh, untitled fourth studio album of Led Zeppelin's career, uh, Zeppelin IV or Zoso or um, the one with the uh, Tolkien references throughout, um, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's here, man. It was hard to put this one at number three. It's it's a heavy hitter. Like there's not a single bad yeah. track on it. It's really, really no. strong. Um, uh, boy, and I even even looking at the list now, I think really here. That's where I put it. But um, yeah, I think I think that's I think I'm okay with it. Maybe help me out here. Why did you put well, it at number three? Maybe that'll yeah, help me. Okay, no, I I think. <laughs> I think I, I hear what you're saying and the way I, it to me it's emotion hmm. I'm more emotionally attached to the next two albums okay yeah um, uh, I have I have a I have a history with one of them and it's yep. been an album it's been one of my favorite albums for like, like almost 20 years yeah and the other one is one that I'm more recently akin to, but it, it just feels so close to, just so personal to me. Yeah. And something I've really grown attached to. I can't say that I've grown attached to Zeppelin for. I love it. It is incredible. It is one of the greatest rock albums ever, yeah. period. Yeah. Um, it is up there. I would put it top 10 rock albums of all time, easily. Yeah. Many people would put it top five or even number one. Yep. Um, but uh, even so, to me, it's it's personal emotional attachment yep. um, is why. And I think in many other groupings of 10, all the way back to the first 10 on this list, I think it would fare very well. 
um, in in my in my re-ranking of every yeah. 10. Yep. You put it into any of the 10 we've done, it would be right near the top, if not number one in some of the, quote, decades that we've listened to, right? Yes. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's great, and and like when when we talked to Grady, like even that it's down here at like number fifty eight is bizarre because yeah. it's still heralded as one of the best ever, um, and it rose, didn't it rise like a bunch? Like it was like yeah. seventy something in the yep. previous, which that also makes because that was heavier in the sixties and seventies, you know, white guy rock, yep. uh, <laughs> um, and then it's yeah, so a little perplexing, but. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's. Does that does that make sense? Do you it resonate does. with that? Yeah, it, it's um. You know, it's one of the. Not only is it great, it's also one of the best selling albums of all time. Oh, but yeah. it strikes me yeah, that it's true. an album I've owned for years and years and years, and I don't often reach for it. I know that if I put it in and press play, I will enjoy it. Right. But it doesn't. It doesn't speak to me and call me back to it. Okay. Your comment about it doesn't pull you in emotionally made made me think ah that's maybe the light bulb too that uh, somehow and maybe maybe dark side is kind of similar for me I can simultaneously say this is great and I just don't click with it in the way that uh, a personal top ten album would for for me maybe in another yeah. in another group of ten it might have been an easier choice for number one but. Um, yeah, we both yeah. have two albums apparently that that go ahead of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to those. Number fifty-two is where Rolling Stone put uh, David Bowie's "Station to Station." Um, why don't you go first on this one? Because okay. my number two and your number one are the same, so they'll right. tie in. So, right. what did you have for your number two spot? This is where I put uh, Stevie Wonder's "Talking Book," the third album we've tackled. Um, I like what you said about it, and uh, I re-listened to our episode just a little bit ago uh and and i think you mentioned in that review that it it uh it doesn't challenge it's not as challenging as the other two stevie wonder albums we've talked about yeah. and you said yeah. that that's not a bad thing that's a good thing actually that to be challenged by an album um and maybe that's why i haven't you know automatically put it in my number one spot i i really like it and um, I will often reach for this album, you know, in contrast to Zeppelin, uh, even though I don't think talking book is one of the absolute greatest albums of all time, I will frequently reach for it and put it on just cause I want to be swept up in its sound. And, um, it, it feels, it's a feel good album for me. And, uh, yeah, and emotionally sure. I feel, I feel that tied to it. So that's why I have yep. it here, um, at number two. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, this is where I put uh, the band's self-titled second album, the Brown album. Yep. Um, and as I mentioned, emotional attachment. Uh, the more I listen to this album, the more I feel a personal connection to it. There is something mm. so special about it that I still can't quite put my finger on. Yep. But it's just such a genuine, sincere, unique album uh, that is so wonderfully written. Um, the musicianship, the arrangement, the instrumentation, it is just a delight. It 
gives me a warm feeling and makes me smile even when I think about it, let alone listen to it. And also, as we listen, uh, we ha- if you listen to this uh, re-release of this, we interviewed um, Tyrell Listen, who creates the podcast the band of history and i've yeah. been going through that podcast and also feel closer to the music listening to their story through their career obviously through this album and and beyond um makes me feel even closer to those guys um yeah yeah and a bit more of a connection um i, I think that can happen sometimes when you read a biography or watch a biopic or or listen to a project like this that you feel like you have more of an insight and that can really enhance your listening of it and that is what is what's happened here for me um so not only did i already really like it i feel them as time goes on i like this album more and more and more um zeppelin 4 i think many would say is a greater yeah. quote greater rock and roll album they'd be wrong I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think in many senses it is yeah, a greater yeah. rock and roll album. It is one yep. of the best rock. It defined and created hard rock. The Brown album, number one, is a totally different album. But it um, that cunt it that country rock, it kind of defined what that was. It took an aspect of rock and folk and soul and gospel and kind of put it all together in a new way. And just hearing about how other rock musicians reacted to their first album uh, and even their second album and that it was so eye-opening for them. And they were the, they were the band, they were the musicians group, you know, the musicians band, they loved them. Um, So again, this is just such a delightful album. And uh, I just enjoy, especially right, maybe this would change if I did it again another six or 12 or 18 months, but I'm just enjoying it so much right now. It is such a pleasure to put on that um, if it wasn't for the next album, one again that has been one of my favorites for two decades, uh, that this might be my favorite. So um, that's me on the Brown album, my number two. Rolling Stone. Uh, their 51 was Chuck Berry's A Great 28 compilation. Let's have your number one because it's the same as nine, my number two. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say amen to all of what you said. I think <laughs> a lot of that uh, echoes. Um, s- similar to Stevie Wonder, I, I feel like I can't believe I lived so much of my life not knowing how great the band was. Yeah. And and Amen. discovering them on this yeah. journey has been absolutely a highlight, musically speaking. Uh, um, not just the albums that we've that we've tackled so far, but I, I'm I'm impressed with a lot of their other stuff too. And uh, you know, fond memories of sitting down and watching the last waltz finally with uh, yeah with Rob and Steve and um, yeah. You know, even even getting a chance to talk to Tyrell was, was just so. You know, you could tell we could we could have talked the rest of the night and uh, <laughs> probably wouldn't have got bored. Um, and uh, yeah, it has swept me up this album in particular. I, I like music from Big Pink, but this one really, really um, speaks to me in a way that I I can't even quite describe or articulate. I I wish 
I own this one on vinyl. I wish my album was a little cleaner. It's a pretty dusty, poppy, okay. crackly <laughs> copy, but uh, but I still really like putting it on, and that doesn't detract me from from playing it fairly regularly in our house. So, um, yeah, it was an easy choice at number one. Awesome. Yeah, I like I like all that. Uh, we don't really need to listen to your number one, I don't think. We all know what it's going to be. <laughs> but why don't you tell us, Mike, what you have here? Um, should be no surprise to anybody <laughs> who's ever listened to more than one episode of our podcast that this At least is one high. where I put Dark Side of the Moon. Uh-huh. Um, I'm again shocked that this album has dropped in ranking. Um it was weird to have it at 53 on the pre- or 43 at the previous list. Even weirder to have it 55. It is one of the most iconic uh, albums of music ever. Um, uh, still, I think has the most total accumulative weeks on the roll or on the Billboard top 200. Still pops up from time to time. Um, redefined music and prog rock and uh, recording. Techniques, which is just revolutionary in so many ways. I understand why it's not everybody's favorite thing, and I get that. Yeah. Um, and I have tested a few times. I think I mentioned this maybe when we re-ranked it the first time. I have tested whether or not I'm just attached to it because I've known it for a long time, or because I have <laughs> such a high thing. Uh, I'll put it on and go, okay. I'm going to put it on and really do I does it really still um hold up uh-huh. or was it just because and every time every time I put it on <laughs> I go oh my gosh why did I even question it it's just so good <laughs> I just get swept up in it there's so many things about it that that I just love um it's just it's just a masterpiece and um it's it's one where I can just lie down and close my eyes and just turn off every other part of my brain and just kind of get swept away. And um, yeah. it, it touches on so many things, mental health issues, uh, substance abuse, uh, kind of fantasy, yeah. uh, political issues, just, you know, as much as it, people don't always point to it as a kind of an album for its lyrics, it does have some compelling and thoughtful lyrics as well so yep. um it's my number one i i can't really like it was the first thing i typed in when i did this because i just knew yep. it's still my favorite um it's, i think uh, i think it, i think i was you know i'm 30 i'm just about to turn 39 i think i was about 19 when i got it for the first time and i already knew i liked it but wanted to own it the whole thing um so yeah it's been two decades of being my favorite album so yeah well deserving i i uh one of my favorite parts of that conversation with our buddy steve is um when i try and argue somewhat unsuccessfully that you need to be a bit of a music nerd to appreciate this and and he pushes back and said but it's one of the best selling albums of all time it's also popular and I think yeah, that, yes, I think that often yes. that often comes to my mind too. Like, yes, it's weird. Yes, it does funny things with music that really only musical people really appreciate. But somehow it also transcends its weirdness and nerdiness to be beloved and and best selling yes. and and very popular. Absolutely. So yeah, I I don't fault you at all for 
sliding in here <laughs> in this spot. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm and I'm delighted to hear that it's growing on you. Yeah, uh, there there are aspects of it that are challenging, and I totally get that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is it, again is something you know. This group of ten is filled with some very special albums. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, and that made it easy in some ways, but also difficult to re rank. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well said. Yep. Well, we did it. We uh, we, we re ranked the last ten, um, and of course we get to the next part. This is where we. Um, of the 60 albums we've reviewed so far, and I guess it gets a little harder every time and maybe changes less every time of the 60 albums, uh, we pick our top 10. Um, and so let's see if any of that has changed. I think that the last time we did this, I don't think either of us added any, no. added any from the, the 10 we had done. So, I guess you added inner visions last time, but nothing else. Um, and I, I don't think I changed anything at all. So let's see. Uh, oh no, no, I'm, I'm going back too far. You, we didn't add anything. Nope. Um, so, um, first of all, I guess we talk about if there were any albums from this 10 that we added, did you add any? I did, uh, just one. Um, the band's the brown, brown album. Uh, brown album. I slotted it in at my number eight spot. Uh, so I had to say farewell to the white album, which I know uh, will will make you chuckle a little bit and will make me sad just a little bit. But um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I've kept everything the same aside from that one that one move, and I'm tempted to even slide it up a little higher um but i think it makes sense there at that at that number eight spot for me it looks like you have a number of changes uh including maybe bringing back some albums uh or am i no i don't think i brought anything back i don't think i brought anything back a little bit i shuffled the order a little bit okay um and uh i shuffled the order a little bit of some of ones and i bumped a little higher and i've added three from this 10 wow um, dark side which has always been one of my favorites um bands the brown album which has becoming one of my favorites and zeppelin four which is i think perennially one of the best albums yeah. ever um and even in the wow. last 30 here seconds in, i just i just the flipped 50s, a couple more three albums yeah but <laughs> but at least two of those albums shouldn't be in the 50s <laughs> that's yeah. the problem yeah. man yep, that's right yeah. <laughs> like dark side and zeppelin 4 at least if not also the brown album should not be this long <laughs> um you know it's just they're they're yep. they are too good they're too successful they're too good they're too influential i don't understand anyways i guess it's so subjective but um yeah i added uh uh those three um that means i bumped off uh thriller Stevie wonders songs in the key of life and i apologize because i see that's um high ranking on your list <laughs> and um actually what was a little higher and i had at leapfrog was a miseducation of lauren hill um which i just realized i just hadn't revisited um so it's yeah. not that i don't think it's a good album but i think it's also for me about you know which ones are are kind of compelling you to listen to the man yeah. um yeah mm -hmm. which is why I, I actually jumped one of mine up so 
Uh, at ten, I've got. Um, do we just go through. The, we go through them now. Sure. Okay. At, at ten, yep. I've got um, uh, Jimmy's. Uh, Are you experienced? Still just a legendary album. Then the Beatles. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's. Um, then Carol King's Tapestry, number seven, or number eight. Number seven, I've got Zeppelin Four. Uh, number six, I've got Rumors. I really love it, but I bumped it down a bit. Um, number five, the band's Brown Album. Number four, Abbey Road, which I bumped up. I, I list, I or I did. It actually stays in the same spot, but I put Rumors below it. I I re-listened to Abbey Road again recently, and just it's just so tremendous that I had to bump it up a bit. <laughs> uh, Joni Mitchell's Blue, which is still just just an album that surprised me and and that I love. Um, I constantly have those songs going through my head. Number two, Dark Side of the Moon, which is one of my favorites, but Revolver is still, I think, my number one. Just slightly more inclined to put that on than Dark Side, because Dark Side is, and and tr- try not to be cliche here, it is a little dark. Um, mm-hmm. So I find Revolver a little brighter and more inclined maybe to put that on but they're both two of my favorites so that's um yeah kind of a big uh additions and shuffle around for me for these yeah. uh this 10 interesting uh, but yours have stayed from, pretty uh, much the same mine have stayed pretty much the same yeah interesting for you to go from not changing anything at all the last 10 to to that much movement but not surprising as we mentioned mine um uh, Inner Visions is now my number ten album. Uh, Cal King's Tapestry is nine. The Bra- the the band's Brown album slots in at number eight, uh, just behind Born to Run uh, and Pet Sounds and Abbey Road. Rumors, Blue, What's Going On, and Songs in the Key of Life is my top album. So, um, yeah, wow. somewhat somewhat boring for me with this uh, group. Three albums really that I I toyed with adding, but. Uh, when it came down to bumping more off the list, I just couldn't bring myself. And so, um, yeah, yeah. I think that was it too. I wasn't, I wasn't super sad about bumping the ones I did, even though they're great. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't. So I was like, when I, okay, if I put this on that one's falling off. Yeah, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. So we did it again. We got through another 10. We re-ranked it. We've uh, adjusted our top 10. Um, and really we want to thank you for sticking with us through this, excuse me, through this journey. Um, we hope you've enjoyed, uh, the ramblings of two good old buddies, uh, talking about music. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And we've got our work cut out, uh, for us in these (laughs) next 20 albums, um, only five of them are albums that we've looked at before. So oh, right. yeah. 15 uh, new uh, episodes will be coming somewhere in the in the future. Um, we're at the point where we need a little bit of a break, uh, but hopefully during that break time we can get, uh, get to work and listening to these and recording some episodes and having a few people join us as guests. And um, uh, yeah. yeah, it should be fun. We've got a little bit of Canadian content with uh, uh, Alanis Morissette album coming in at number 69 and then Neil Young coming in at number 72. Um, uh, but other than that, uh, for these next 10 especially, Mike, are there ones you're really looking forward to as we get into uncharted territory here in the 60s? A, a couple things. Um, 
Number one, and, and I've kind of held off on this. Um, at number 68, we have Hounds of Love by Kate Bush. Um, an artist that I know a lot of people really love. An artist I have zero familiarity with at all. And when we flipped over to this new list, we uh, we got Brad Efford on, who did who uh, we talked about um, Trout Mask Replica, and he did the RS500 project. He said that uh, he was so excited this was introduced to the Rolling Stone 500 list for the first time, one of his favorite albums. So I really hope we can mm. we can reach out to Brad oh, yeah. and get him on. Forgotten about I'm, that. I'm, Good memory. I'm excited be, not only because. You know, when someone says it's my favorite album, uh, you got to have him on. But he's one who who really loves the whole idea of this list, um, and also that paired with the fact that I know nothing about it. I'm excited to have someone on who yeah. who is in love with it. Um, I think the other thing I'm excited about is uh, you mentioned you know Canadian content. Alanis Morissette. That was an album that I had that I got. You know around the time it came out, maybe not right when it came out, but I mean, everybody was listening to it is a really important album for nineties music, for women's music, for when I say, sorry, women's music sounds awful for women in music, (laughs) um, uh, for Canadian music. I mean, it it was just went international. Uh, so that's kind of a big deal. Um, we, I really think we need to have, you know, a really, uh, we, we need a female guest on and we need yeah. a, someone who, who is kind of in love. I'd love to have a, f- a female artist on for that. Um, but would that be ironic? <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I should be sh- rolling my eyes and smacking my head or howling out loud for that. Um, Cause it's good. It's good. Don't you think? Um, uh, no, I think it would be appropriate, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but lots of great albums, uh, really good albums, yeah. um, and I think uh, I think it was the day before we were, or the or maybe the day we were going to record our review for Appetite for Destruction, that the new list came out. <laughs> like we, I, I had the notes ready. We had listened to it, and we were just about to record it, uh-huh. and and then and then we canned doing kind of everything we had prepared. So I think you're right. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm that actually not really looking for that forward reason. to that. <laughs> um, but the notes are ready already. So The notes are ready. Yeah, I'm just going to pull up that doc and we're ready to go. Um, what about you? Anything that stands out to you that you're um, excited about or, or looking forward or, or, or nervous about? What do you think? Well, I've really... Um, you know, really discovered a, a, a deep love for Yacht Rock. And uh, so seeing some Steely Dan pop up here. Um, I, but I don't listen to Yacht Rock and think, man, this is great. I, I listen to it because I think, ah, oh, this is fun. And I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the conversation around an artist that really fits in that genre and trying to make sense of, is it great or is it just popular and and good uh i don't know maybe the 60s is where we're going to start getting a lot of music that's popular and good but maybe not great but um Hmm. yeah i'm 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 really looking forward to that one i it looks like we've got a decent amount of uh of hip-hop 
music yeah. here that uh, has not One, nine, been my two. most favorite. So I'm Three. I'm a little bit dreading uh, having to like push through some albums. I don't like it mm. when we when we do that. Uh, when I do that, I should say uh, own it myself. Um, but uh, that. That comment about um, Brad's love for Kate Bush really makes me excited for that one. I had not really had my eye on that one. And uh, um, so there may be some hidden gems here that uh, could really take us places that we we haven't expected. So, yeah, that should be exciting. Yeah, four hip-hop albums coming up. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed uh, the Outkast album uh, we did not too long ago, Aquemini. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to Stankonia. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not, as we do this list, there's most of the albums we do, we, you and I don't either weren't alive or weren't into it when it came out. Right. You know, even when we talked about, uh, 93's, um, Exile and Gaiva, like, I don't remember that. Right. You know, album coming out and, and and I wasn't into it anyways you know I was only 10 years old um but Stankonia I, I remember I remember when that came out <laughs> um you know and I remember that music so yeah that's exciting um same with you know we've got Jay Little Pill as well so we got a couple of those here which is exciting um yeah I, I don't want to say too much because we'll, <laughs> we'll get into all that and uh you know this was about the last 10 but yeah you know the this this experience is still fun it's still exciting um it's great to uh to have people along for the ride to have our guests come in who have been just so wonderful and gracious thank you again to all our guests in the last 10 and all the guests we've had on um who have been willing to share their time and their thoughts and their experiences with us um it's been enriching to say the least uh we wish you all a very uh Happy holiday season. Um, we're excited to be able to be actually crossing paths with each other face-to-face, something yeah. that we don't often get to do. And um, we hope that this is a, a meaningful time for you all and that 2022 can be a, a better year than the last couple have been uh, for the world and for <laughs> our context. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, If anything, it's it's been comforting to know that things like this you, we can still do. Yeah. Um, certainly because it's online makes it easier and um, but uh, some things like podcasting people have still continued to podcast and of course that's been a wonderful uh, escape and refuge and and enriching thing for people so we're we're delighted to do this Uh, whatever whatever you celebrate uh, over the next few weeks and whoever you celebrate with you we hope you have a wonderful time um, and that it's meaningful for you and as always we hope that you continue to be well. We hope to, that you take care of yourselves and those around you. And of course, we hope you have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and that you join us next time right here on the Sound Logic Podcast. Thank you, everyone. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.